Welcome to Sugar Pills, a practical guide to self-care, where your host, writer, actor, and producer Candy Washington helps you live a more joyful life with a cheeky dash of pop culture news. Be sure to subscribe, leave a five-star review, and join the conversation on Instagram at Candy Washington. Let's go. To Sugar Pills, a practical guide to self-care, where I am your host, Candy Washington, and I am so honored to help you attract more joy, wealth, and love into your life. And so with that, I am super excited for our guest today. Ava Johanna is here. She is amazing. I've been fangirling and doing my research, and I cannot wait to dive into today's episode. So for those of you who might be new to Ava, she is the founder and visionary behind the Academy of Breath. It's an international breathwork and meditation school focused on making ancient embodiment practices, household tools, accessible to everyone, to the globe, which is exactly what we do here at the Sugar Pills podcast. We make it practical and tangible and easy to use. And she's worked with some of the top wellness brands out there like Aloe Yoga, Mind Body Green, and Yoga Journal. And Yoga Journal. Ava's mission is to bridge the gap between modern neuroscience and mysticism, so breathwork and meditation are made accessible to everyone. So welcome, Ava. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for having me, Candy. I'm so excited to chat with you and just see where this conversation takes us. Absolutely. So I think, do you want to tell us a little bit about your background? I know that at one point you were homeless when you were a teenager and you just had this miraculous journey that you kind of want to make everyday miracles for all of us accessible with what you do. So do you want to talk about what your journey looked like? Mm, Yes. I love that idea of everyday miracles because that truly is such a juicy way to live. And it definitely took me a very long time to get here. As you mentioned, when I was a teenager, my mom, my sister, and I were evicted from our house. Um, The reason being that my little sister has autism, and when my parents separated, my mom wasn't able to hold a full-time job because she needed to be my my sister's full-time caretaker. And so she ended up actually getting a job as a special needs aide at the same school that my mom, or that my sister um, went to so she could be in close proximity to my sister if she needed anything during the day. And growing up in LA, it's a very expensive place to live. So on a um, special needs assistance um, salary, if you could even call it a salary, (laughs) um, she wasn't able to really care for us. She wasn't able to provide a roof over our head and um, wasn't able to be able to even pay her car um, payment on a monthly basis. So within the span of about six months after she separated from my stepfather, um, we were evicted from our house, her car was repossessed, and we ended up jumping around from old neighbors' houses to family members to friends' houses. And it took a little bit over a year and a half for my mom to finally get back on her feet, um, you know, be able to build up enough credit to get us into a house of our own. But during that time, I really learned the importance of independence and also like many individuals 
that have grown up in experiences such as that, the importance of hustling and really hustling in order to survive. So I took that experience and it really paved the way for me throughout my later years, um, like 18, 19, 20, when I finally left home after high school and went down to San Diego and um, ended up working at this startup marketing company and just, again, like grinding myself into the ground until my physical body actually started like rebelling against me. Um, I had migraines every other week. It was so painful. Um, my sex drive was completely gone. I felt my, I could feel my eyesight deteriorating. I went from having like perfect 2020 vision to going to the optometrist and them telling me I had to start wearing glasses. And it was really because I didn't know how to stop. I didn't know, I didn't know how to feel safe in what I had been creating for myself. And so even though I kept working harder and harder and harder and kept climbing the the corporate ladder, so to speak, I never really felt safe or good in that position. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't until I actually is, this is really the first time that I can ever remember like hearing my intuition and listening to my intuition. I was getting my eyebrows threaded, which I'm looking at myself right now. And I'm like, I desperately need to. No, you look amazing. You're a natural beauty. You look amazing. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. But I was standing outside of the threading salon and, um, I remember talking on the phone with my mom and I had just been offered a promotion at this company that I was working at. And it was for me a big promotion. I never finished college. And at the time, I think I was making like $65,000 a year. And I was like, wow, I'm 20 years old. This is amazing. (laughs) Like some people never make this much money. And, um, they had offered me like a $5,000 raise and a promotion inside the company. And it was within that moment talking to my mom that I realized that, there was never going to be a dollar amount that would actually make me feel happy. And I could see as I was getting offered that promotion, what my life would look like if I said yes and who I would become next in the company and next and next and next. And I didn't like it. They all looked miserable. They all looked incredibly unhappy and so obsessed with work. And I just knew that that wasn't what I wanted my life to be about. So from that point forward, I really started to unpack first and foremost, what I wanted my life to be about, what my purpose was, how to heal my body, how to do so in a way that didn't require me to take antidepressants or a daily medication in order to cover up the symptoms that I was experiencing, but really get to the root cause of it. And um, through the beginning stages of that journey, I found yoga and meditation and breath work. And that was really the first time that I started actually feeling that safety and that, that expansiveness in my body. So once I started getting that taste, I was like, okay, this is it. there's something yeah. here. How can I, how can I one dive as deep as I can go into this for myself, but also use these tools and practices in a way that allows other people that have been where I've been to feel good and to feel safe and to, create true fulfillment, lasting fulfillment in their lives. No, I love that. And what came up for me when you were talking in your story was, especially with with you and your mom and your sister, was truly like the power of perseverance. Like you can have things happen in your life that seem like they will break you or this is the end or there's no way out. But it seems like both you and your mother and your sister was able to persevere doing those things, you know, during like the divorce, during your sister being diagnosed with autism, like during not being able to make ends meet, but you're still able to persevere through that. Do I, 
I think through like two values, like the value of like community, like, you know, you're able to, to bounce and then also the value of asking for help, which I think a lot of times mm-hmm. when we feel that we're in these like dark places or that we're alone, sometimes asking for help is the hardest thing when asking for help, whether it's your community, your friends, your family, or it's that higher power, that intuition you spoke about asking God, divinity, light, source, you know, infinite, whatever, asking for that help and that guidance. So I think there are a lot of great moments that you talked about in your story. And then I also love that you brought up the the relationship between being in the hustle versus the relationship between being in the flow. So again, Mm -hmm. when you're in that hustle grind mentality, you're exactly right. That stress lives in your body. You know, that energy goes somewhere and it does something. And until you actually, like you said, you got quiet, you got silent and you've got that intuition, you know, with the eyebrows threading, but that's a moment of meditation Mm -hmm. when you're just sort of quiet and in and you're just focused. Mm that stress, that energy was trying to get your attention through your body, through your sex drive, through your eyesight. But it, so it kind of kept going until you're like, wait a minute, now we need to pay attention to what is this actually trying to teach me? And it's trying to teach mm-hmm. me that exactly like you said, the dollar amount isn't going to make me happy. Where can I find my happiness? Where can I find my healing? And then how can I be of service to share it? So I absolutely love mm. your story. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And even as you were saying that, it's like, even looking at what the symptoms were, like not being able to see, not being able to like use my head, not being able to think, it's like all of those elements of my life, I wasn't seeing clearly. I wasn't thinking clearly. I was putting value in material, tangible goals that of course are great for vision and drive and growth, but they're not the end all be all of what actually creates true fulfillment. That's not what actually creates safety or what creates love. All of those things are much deeper than that. And yes, there's elements of the material world that can help foster us getting to that place, but material items, whether it be money or a home or a car, while fun and can be pleasurable, aren't actually holding the weight of what we truly desire. And that's been a journey that I have even since that point, especially as I created my business and started seeing a lot of success and response in my business. um, I've had to peel that back many, many times of like, what's on the surface isn't always exactly what we're what we're looking for and usually it's something deeper in the meaning that we've assigned to those things that we're really searching for no absolutely sorry i got a little <coughs> tingle we're good <laughs> in my throat. we're moving energy exactly tingle in my throat and so i love that because it goes back to what you were saying before that you couldn't stop so all of the symptoms were trying to get you to stop Stop Mm -hmm. and think, stop and focus, stop and look, stop and get that clarity, right? So I absolutely love that. And then also, like, it is a journey. It's a daily, sometimes moment-to-moment choice of how am I going to reframe how I'm looking at this? How am I going to remember it's about the joy, the happiness, the, the being of service rather than the material things, which is just a byproduct of that inner work. So, mm. with that, I know, I have like, a little tingle. So, with that, <laughs> how do you work with biohacking your nervous system with breath work? Because it seems like what was happening in your body with all of those symptoms, you were able to heal and treat through the breath, breath work. So, how did that work? hand in hand. And like you said, without having to take the pills and all of that stuff. 
Yeah. So, you know, there's a lot of different ways that we can go about speaking about breath work. And I'll speak to it just specifically from my own experience and how it has supported me in many different levels. The first thing to understand about the breath is that it really, truly is medicine. If we look at what the breath does in our body, it's actually the one involuntary and voluntary action of our body, which means that we're going to breathe whether we're thinking about it or not. Mm -hmm. Usually when we're not thinking about it and it's unconscious, we're not breathing in a way that is actually enhancing our vitality. But when we can become conscious of our breath and develop a relationship with our breath, Mm -hmm. we can use our breath in a way that actually allows us to, like I've been kind of saying, create safety in our body, create expansive feelings and emotions in our body, which we know when we feel expansive and feel confident and feel alive with energy, we're usually going to take bigger action, be bolder, take risks, you know, show up more confidently and be able to create equanimity or balance or coherence in our body, which allows us especially for those of us that live in America. And if anyone resonates with my story at all, as far as hustling goes, so that we're not always in a sympathetic or aroused fight or flight state, which can happen literally just from looking at a computer all day. The blue light from your computer will bring you into an arousal, not to scare anybody. (laughs) That's why we breathe every day. Um, But so what the breath does is bring us out of that state so that we're in a a balanced, relaxed space. And from that place, it actually turns on the part of our brain responsible for creativity, responsible for intuition, responsible for analytical thinking and decision-making. And so when we are using the breath on a daily basis, we're able to nourish our body on a physical level because it's going to bring on all of the different systems throughout our body that are necessary for growth and regeneration. Mm -hmm like our immune system, our hormones, um, our like fertility for women as well too. And um, so we're regenerating our system. We're turning on the part of our brain that is responsible for creativity and all of those yummy things that allow us to on, I would say like a mental, energetic and spiritual level grow and thrive. And we're also able to create a practice that we can use, as you mentioned, to get still, to be able to turn our senses inward and away from the external world so that we're not just influenced and being driven by what's around us, Mm -hmm. but actually in tune with what's right for us based off of what we feel from within. I I absolutely love that. And when you were talking about the breath work, I was thinking of you know, like many times someone gets upset or they get activated. It's like, remember to breathe, like breathe, count back mm-hmm. from 10, focus on your breath because it gets you to refocus, to calm down and to know that you are in ultimate control of yourself through breathing. So it's mm-hmm. not just through like when you want to do meditation or you want to do breath work, but it's very practical throughout your everyday life. When you see yourself, like you're saying, you know, being activated or escalating, you can remember, focus back on the breath bring it in, bring it out, and then let that be sort of your your practice to get back to center and to get back to, to self. Now, is there a difference between mm-hmm. meditation and breath work, or do they work together, or how are, di- or how are they used differently? 
Mm, yeah, such a good question. So for me, when I found meditation first, I was the person that was like, I don't need meditation. I'm not very good at this. <laughs> I don't need this, which is so fun. Like, I literally laugh at myself now whenever I think about that moment when I was sitting on my like bright. Oh, my gosh, this rug was awful. It was like a bright blue, long shag rug that was in my bedroom. I had like tapestries on the wall. It was such like a adorable, like 20 something college girl uh, apartment. And, um, I would sit on my rug and I would like blink my eyes open every two seconds. Like, when is this five minute timer going to be done? I was horrible at sitting still. And I remember being like, yeah, meditation just isn't for me. I can't clear my mind. I can't sit still. There's so many different things that I have going on in my day. And it was really challenging because I had this perception that meditation was clear your mind, like empty your mind, be here, sit still, don't move, wait until the timer's done, and you better be doing this for like 30 <laughs> minutes to an hour. And that just did not work for me yeah. at all. Um, again, I'm very type A. I've always had a very like driven personality. So that style of meditation, while I know it works for some people, does not work for me. And I know also does not work for a lot of people that find meditation at first. So when I found breath work, it actually served as this really incredible, I want to call it like a palate cleanser. Mm -hmm that allowed me to enter my meditation practice from this place of stillness and from this place of having already moved a lot of that like funky energy up and out of my body. So what breathwork does is pair perfectly with meditation. And the reason being is that again, it brings us into that relaxation response. So there's different styles of, of breathwork. Some of them are going to be more activating and arousing and energizing. A lot of the practices that I love using on a daily basis are more calming because, you know, in reality, yeah. most of us need more calming practices than more activating practices. Um, so these calming practices, they bring us out of that fight or flight state, as I mentioned, into our relaxation response. And within the first 30 to 45 seconds, this is so cool, yeah. Katie, within the first 30 to 45 seconds, your brain will release happy hormones like serotonin and dopamine. And those happy hormones flood your body, get you into a state of already feeling good and already feeling relaxed, it lowers your heart rate. And from that space, you are more settled into your body so that the meditation becomes so much easier. Oftentimes we enter our meditation after checking our phone or running around, or we're already in a heightened state. And I'm like, I gotta meditate. <laughs> and it's really hard to clear your mind. And so breathwork actually serves as, like I said, that palate cleanser. Mm -hmm. It clears the, it clears the, the idea that I, or the visualization I always see is that you walk into like the attic for the first time in years and there's dust <laughs> everywhere. It's a mess. Meditation is the, or excuse me, breathwork is the broom or the vacuum that clears all of that mm -hmm. up so that after it's all cleared, you can see all of the treasure, which is your meditation practice inside of your addict. And so that's kind of how I look at breath work versus meditation. Mm -hmm. Breath work is like, let's do the breath first and that's going to prepare the body for meditation. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. So breath work, exactly like you said, it's the prep. It preps your mind, body, spirit for the meditation. It's like how you get into that zone or that space to receive whatever you're going to receive during the meditation. And then I also know for me, I use, I, I didn't, I never called it breath work. I just called it like breathing. <laughs> but now we know it's breath work and there's a whole thing behind it. Yes. But also during the meditation, when I do find my mind start to wonder, I do what we talked about before. I remember we'll focus on my breath instead of trying to mm -hmm. 
because again, like you said, sometimes with meditation, it's hard to, to stick to it or how, or to be focused in it, or you don't think it's working. You don't think you need it because your thoughts are not going to stop. It's just, again, like you said, what is your relationship to your thoughts? What is your relationship to your breath work? And so when the thoughts start to come up, what I do is I remember to focus on my breath instead of trying to mm-hmm. berate the thought, like I'm meditating out of my mind. It's like, nope, focus on your breath. Yeah. So it's almost like a way to, to, to stay consistent and to reset throughout the meditation, to keep it going. And then at mm-hmm. the end, it's also a good way to come out of the meditation, to go back to the breath work. So you're 100% right. I, and I love that you bring that up. It's the way to prep the mind and body and spirit for the meditation. Then throughout the meditation, it's a way to refocus and recenter gently being that gentle observer and then it's a great way to end the meditation and come out of it and i i have a question because mm-hmm. you're talking about like the common breathwork practices i've seen lately about kundalini what and but i've seen some okay. like contradicting information on it like do you have any experience with kundalini or do you have any thoughts on it and for people who may not know what it is do you want to share about that at all and if you don't that's totally fine yeah so I'm pretty sure you're referring to the like the yoga lineage of Kundalini, oh, right? With a K. Yeah. Okay. yeah is that what it is? Yeah. Okay. Direction. Perfect. That's awesome. It. Yeah. No. No worries. I just wanted to make sure that that's yeah. the right one. Yeah. So Kundalini is a style of yoga, and I'm actually not trained in Kundalini, but Kundalini does use a lot of different breathwork practices. Um, it's so funny, actually. When I was in my yoga teacher training, I had taken a test online. You know how Facebook used to have all those tests of like what are, what kind of bread are you? Or like, what's, what's the workout that's best <laughs> yeah. for you? So there was one that was like, what's the best yoga style based off of your, um, your astrological sign. And I'm a Scorpio okay. and, um, it's, it showed that Kundalini was the best type of yoga for me. And so in my yoga teacher training, they were like, Oh, we're doing Kundalini on Friday. And I was like, yes, I'm so excited. Yeah. I've never tried it before. And this is supposed to be my style of yoga. <laughs> and we ended up doing like a two and a half hour Kundalini practice. It was so intense. I hated it so much because it moves so much energy yeah. out of your body. Um, and anytime that I tell people this story and they do Kundalini, they're like a two and a half hour practice for your first time is really intense. <laughs> no wonder you were like Never again. hysterically yeah. crying. <laughs> I, yeah, I remember. Go. I was. I was living with my. He's now my husband, oh, but he was my boyfriend yeah. at the time. And I remember going back to our house, and I was like, "Babe, the horoscope said that I was supposed to like this, and I hated it. <laughs> I hated it." And um, it was just a really funny experience, but. Kundalini and all the practices inside of a Kundalini, and again, breath is heavily used in it. Um, essentially, what it's doing is moving stagnant energy from the root, like the base of your spine, your root chakra, up your center energy channel, up through the crown. And so the way that you would use these practices is to experience enlightenment, experience connection to God, to source um, through these different kriyas or like sets of movements, chants, and and breath styles. Um, again, I'm not trained in it. I've taken several classes and I have a general idea of it, but a lot of the breathwork practices that you use in Kundalini are derived from Hatha Yoga Pranayama, which is what I teach inside of the Academy of Breath. Um, the Pranayama styles that I teach are kind of like the grandfather techniques in which all other breathwork has really been influenced from. Um, they're the oldest practices and they're so beautifully simple yet effective in, again, 
whether we're looking to calm our bodies, calm our systems, increase our health and vitality, or we're looking to energize our systems, increase, you know, heat in the body, um, bring ourselves into that aroused state so that we're closer to God or to source. There's um, so many different techniques that you can use. And, you know, as I opened with breath is medicine. And so what I love about all the styles that I teach and share with my students inside of the Academy of Breath and my programs is that it's really not a one size fits all approach based off of where you're at and what you need, like on an intuitive basis every single day. So you're really equipped with all of these different techniques based off of, again, where am I at today? What do I need? Do I need a little bit of energy? Do I want to skip my cup of coffee today and do some breath work? Or am I feeling a little stressed out? Have I carried a weird conversation from yesterday into today and I really don't want to hold on to it anymore? Okay, I'm going to do this practice or I'm going to do this practice. And it gets to be fun. I call it like our breath work cocktails because we get to put a little bit of everything into our daily routine. And I think that that's what allows for it to also be so much more sustainable and dynamic versus like a very rigid, I have to do the same thing every single day, which I just find doesn't work for most people. Yeah. It, 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 to me, the, the rigid courses becomes counterintuitive. It's like, I'm doing this to become more mm -hmm. connected to myself, to have a more lifestyle of breathwork as medicine, lifestyle as meditation, lifestyle as seeking joy and happiness and connection to higher power. But yet I'm, I don't know, I think to me, it kind of makes way for like perfectionism or trying to control or, totally. or like, I need to master this or I need to like be good, better, best at this. And I think, um, yeah, like you said, when it's more tailored, when it's more intuitive, when it's more tapping in, it becomes lifestyle. It becomes habit. It becomes a part of you rather than. Yes, exactly. Yeah, absolutely. So we have a couple different ways to explore breathwork and meditation. It really depends on like where you're at. Um, so I created the Academy of Breath back in 2020 and oh my goodness, I did not expect that it would be so well received in the way that it has been over the past two years. I mean, breathwork has just blown up since I first started practicing about six or seven years ago. And, um, Really, I created the Academy of Breath because I had seen the power of breathwork and meditation in my own life. I had been practicing every single day and it had profoundly impacted my relationships, my career, the way that I looked at myself and really how my reality had been molded based off of how I was feeling and what I was creating within my personal practice every single day. So I knew that I wanted to get these practices out into as many hands as possible. And I remember... Um, Gabby Bernstein saying very early on in her career when she created the Spirit Junkie Masterclass and her coaching certification that um, she knew that the way for her to get this work out to as many people as possible was for her to create more teachers. And that always stuck with me is like, even in my coaching in other programs, it's like the best thing that I can do, the greatest gift that I can give you is learning how you teach, you learning how to teach yourself, you becoming your own greatest mentor. And that was really the intention behind the Academy of Breath at first was let me teach these individuals how to embody their personal practice first and then be able to extend it out into the world. So the Academy of Breath is a, it's actually becoming a 12 week certification program for anyone that's interested in learning 
the ancient art and the science of breathwork and meditation. I am I like to call myself a um, a bridge for the modern world to be able to bridge the gap between ancient tools and ancient mysticism and modern day neuroscience and research um, in the field of breathwork and meditation and mindfulness. So you really get both sides of it as well as the background in how to take everything that you learn in how to teach, how to how to hold space, how to heal through these practices and create a successful online business around it as well too. So we cover kind of all three pillars of business, science and mysticism. And um, we're right now in our fifth round of the Academy of Breath. We've served over 300 students and we're opening up another group in April. And it's gonna, it's right now it's an eight week program, but we're actually gonna ba- make it a little bit longer so we can have a little bit more time with our students. Um, and so it'll be a 12 week program starting mid April. And um, that's really our flagship program. And then if anyone is interested in learning breath work, but maybe not necessarily becoming a teacher, um, then we have our, our six-week program, which is called breath work. And we really give you the tools to develop your own personal practice. And as you mentioned, do so in a really intuitive way, not to not to influence perfectionism or having to prove yourself or making these practices just something that you check off your to-do list, but like actually living and breathing, pun intended, always pun intended, um, living and breathing these practices as a way of life. Um, And so those are really the two ways that we can work together. And um, the certification is for coaches, healers, teachers, entrepreneurs, creatives, uh, mentors, and then the breathwork six-week course is really for anyone who wants to get a taste of it and um, develop their own personal practice and really learn how to bring these practices into their daily life. Yes. Yes, absolutely. So it's easiest to talk about like the stress element and like um, feeling good in your body because we have so much science to back it. But a lot of like the other elements are kind of intangible, right? Um, so one of the cool things about developing a breathwork and meditation practice is that it really does allow for you to turn your senses towards your inner world, towards your inner voice, turn up the volume on your inner voice so that you can discern what is your intuition? Where are you being guided? What is your purpose here in life? What do you feel? feel inspired to create or what makes you feel alive, you create this really beautiful conversation with your body, with your heart, with your gut when you develop a relationship with these practices because you start to learn how your body speaks to you. And our bodies are speaking to us constantly. If you develop a strong enough awareness with your body, you can know within an instant what feels like an expansive, yes, let's go in this direction, and what feels like a, uh uh-uh, no, this doesn't feel right for me. And so intuition is such a huge piece of of one of the elements that gets developed within your breathwork and meditation practice. In addition to that, creativity. 
the cool thing about breathwork and meditation is that it lights up the frontal lobe, which is where creativity lives. Again, I said creativity, intuition, analytical thinking, decision-making, all of those pieces are present in the frontal lobe. So these practices actually light up the frontal lobe so that your creativity increases. Um, your drive to be in creation will be lit on fire. I mean, I have so many students right now going through the Academy of Breath who have sent me videos and messages, getting back into singing and creating music and creating art. And it's the coolest thing ever. Um, we've had artists go through our programs that had stopped painting for years and finally like reopened their studio and started painting these incredible, incredible canvases. And it's just really cool to see how it's not just, you know, better sleep or better response to stress or being able to, you know, for so many people that meditate and practice breath work regularly, they don't get sick anymore because their immune system is just like the creme de la creme, top, top notch immune system. Um, but outside of that, the more intangible pieces around like creativity and confidence and, you know, empathy and compassion and presence with other people and feeling a deeper sense of love and gratitude for their, for their life and for the moment, like those pieces are what I've found to be the biggest markers of growth in my own life. Um, and they're also the hardest to measure because how do we measure that on, on a machine when it's something that's like fundamentally changing within the way that we look at the world? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Mm, yeah. It is so special. Oh, no, that was it. It's just so special. <laughs> Mhm. Yeah. Yeah, I think that the biggest thing that I always like to like really just nail in for everybody is that your practice gets to be so uniquely yours and you know, as we've kind of been talking about throughout this conversation, part of developing the intuition, part of developing a relationship to ourselves and to source is the ability to listen deeply and honor what we are being told from within versus outside of ourselves. And even if that looks like, 
you know, walking away from this conversation and saying, I really want to bring breathwork and meditation into my daily life. And that starts with you doing a couple rounds of deep breathing before you sit in meditation every day until that becomes your new normal. Know that that's perfect. You know, however you're showing up to your practice, if you're showing up and devoted to it, that's all that's necessary. It doesn't have to look the same every single day. It doesn't have to be exactly what I've said, or even I'm sure practices, Candy, that you've shared throughout the years of your podcast, like whatever feels best for you and inspires you to show up every day for yourself, because this life is a gift and these practices are gifts. They're not just things to check off on our to-do list, but like, wow, what a gift to be able to connect to myself, to be able to connect to God, to develop a practice that creates creativity within me and um, makes me feel alive and present and connected to the moment. Like that is such a gift. And I think that when we can look at it through that lens, that really motivates us to actually show up and make it a part of our life because we are so worthy of giving ourselves these gifts. So make it yours show up for it and know that however you are showing up for it and making it yours is absolutely perfect. Yes, absolutely. So my Instagram is at Ava Johanna, or you can follow at Breathwork Certification. Um, somebody ended up taking at the Academy of Breath, which is such a bummer. Um, I know, like I need to get my lawyer on this. This isn't fair. Um, but but um, you can follow me at Ava Johanna, and we're building out the Instagram for at Breathwork Certification, which is going to be a lot of educational and free content. And um, my website is academyofbreath.org. Thank you for having me. Welcome to Sugar Pills, a practical guide to self-care, where your host, writer, actor, and producer, Candy Washington, helps you live a more joyful life with a cheeky dash of pop culture news. Be sure to subscribe, leave a five-star review, and join the conversation on Instagram at Candy Washington. Let's go.